Hello everyone, Kate here and welcome to the Payoff Podcast. In our latest episode, we speak with Rita Yates, CEO of InsureTech Australia. Rita has had a very varied career from physiotherapy to insurance to industry work before finding her niche in innovation and building relationships. Rita co-founded InsureTech Australia in 2017 and aims to build a diverse and collaborative community of insurance innovators. She uses her experience from a range of different industries to foster innovative thinking and she tells us more about how that has paid off in this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome Rita Yates to the podcast and thank you for joining us on this call. It's a virtual one today because we're taking precautions so we are online so apologies to any um, background noise that might occur. Um, So Rita you have a really exciting career history working with startups particularly in the fintech space in your previous role at Stone & Chalk and recently becoming the CEO of InsureTech. Australia as well so it'd be great to just hear a bit more about your career journey to date. Yeah sure thanks for having me. Um, My career journey to date has not been a straight path by any means and and definitely where I have ended up is not where I thought I would end up Um, albeit that I'm very happy with where I am right now. I actually um, started my career as a physiotherapist and and studied physiotherapy at university, which is probably as far from working with tech startups as you can possibly get. Um, So from there, I worked in a bunch of different industries, in a bunch of different roles and and was lucky enough to find myself in in the, broadly speaking, the innovation space, working in both fintech um, and then in shortech. So I did have a little background in the insurance industry as well. I've worked in health. I've worked in not-for-profit. I even had a little stint in working in the art space um, when we were living over uh, in the US Um, and then obviously moved uh, into tech and and innovation. And, um, you know, sometimes when I think about where I've come from, I feel like having worked in a lot of different industries has actually helped the process of of, and the way that people think about innovation. And, And often I love this saying, you know, they say that innovation happens uh, at the crossroads between uh, different industries or the intersections between different industries. And so, um, you know, I feel like in, in some way bringing experience from a lot of different industries and different verticals has actually uh, helped me think a little bit differently. That's awesome. So it sounds like it was more of a <clears throat> sort of a gradual evolution rather than a pivot from physio to fintech working with fintech startups and and in the startup space. Would that be correct? It was definitely a gradual evolution. So I didn't all of a sudden drop my physio hat and become a a tech specialist (laughs) by any means. Um, You know, I think uh, having worked in in physio for a little while, I realised that there were other things that I really wanted to do in my career and not just limit myself to, to one career alone. And I've always had that sense of, um, I guess, you know, 
just wanting to explore and expand my my horizons and so from physio I moved into a consulting role in insurance specific to injury management so that was obviously a gradual progression um you know and from there in the insurance industry I learned a huge amount about um working with customers and clients as well as just working in insurance and those types of soft skills have served me really well through every role that I've had um, since then. So that then moved gradually into working um, in a lot of voluntary roles whilst I was having my two children, um, which was also amazing because I worked in, in areas where, you know, I never would have thought that I would have, have ended up in any way shape or form um and that then led to working in the not-for-profit space uh, after having my children you know i wanted to really give back and and contribute to the community and i always had this sense of community um and working with people all the way through my my different roles and from there uh you know really that that led to i had a, an amazing opportunity through a contact of mine to move to stone and chalk um and really that was in a, a class client relationship role, similar to what I'd been doing in the insurance space, building relationships and, and partnerships. Um, so that was kind of a, a natural next progression. Um, and I had an amazing three and a half years working in Stone and Chalk in at a time when fintech was really just starting to uh, boom in Australia. So it was actually very a very young industry at that time when I started there um, and learnt a huge amount through that process and was really uh, deep in the innovation space, working with both startups and corporates that were trying to work together for mutually beneficial solutions. Uh, and it, so it was actually during that time that I helped to co-found InsureTech Australia, which is a not-for-profit industry-based member organisation, or I guess what drove me towards uh, co-founding that organisation was my background in insurance and, and realising that insurance was an area that was really ripe for, for disruption and, and ripe for innovation. Yeah, right. Okay, so it sounds like you had sort of had that background and um, realised that hey, there's so much space to innovate here and then seeing that innovation in action while working with Stone and Chalk and how that could be applied. That's so interesting. That's great. So do you have any advice for other businesses out there that might be more traditional and that might be looking to innovate and how to sort of uh, kickstart that process? Yeah, that, that's a really great question because my, my thoughts around this are that um, often to really bring innovative ideas into a new industry or, or, a, or a, I guess, a corporate that has very traditional roots or traditional background, it's a really great benefit to bring people into the organisation from different areas, from completely different industries, different verticals that have had different experiences and perhaps from industries that have already been disrupted, um, you know, long ago. So, you know, perhaps it's the retail space or or um, something like that. But I think bringing people in that have fresh ideas and have a fresh take on an uh, a more established industry or, or a more traditional industry is a really great way to actually bring some innovation into a, a corporation. Um, the other piece to that is obviously that there has to be some sort of strategy around, you know, what a corporate or an organisation calls innovation. So innovation can, you know, capture a whole range of different activities. Um, but 
you know, if there's no real strategy around it, uh, you know, you you will often end up doing innovation for, for innovation's sake. Yeah, no, that sounds like really, really good advice to have a clear plan and also to, I guess, define what innovation means to you. Um, you said that you've had experience in lots of different industries and kind of taken inspiration from each of those. Um, and you've obviously been working with innovators for quite a large part of your career. So what innovations have been most exciting to you that you've seen? It doesn't have to be in insurance, but in any of the industries that you've worked in. Oh, it's so hard to pinpoint, you know, just a couple or, or one or two. But, um, you know, most of my background has been in financial services. And, and I think, you know, certainly there is a huge amount of exciting things uh, and huge amount of exciting young companies and innovations coming out of the fintech space more broadly that affects all of our day-to-day -day lives. Um, and, you know, so I think about the way that we will be managing our money, managing our insurances, just managing our lives in the future um, is going to look very different even to where we're at now, which to some degree has been quite heavily impacted already by by innovation. Um, and, you know, I guess more broadly speaking, I think the way that our lives have kind of been uh, almost, you know, turned upside down by innovations like um, Uber, as an example, that, that affect our lives every single day, it has played a huge impact on the way that, that we live our lives. Just on the on the subject of Uber, I saw something, it was maybe a couple of years ago, about a trend in insurance with, it was kind of like the gig economy of insurance where you can pick up insurance for a specific thing, but then if you change your mind, you can drop that. Has that been something that's been trending still and taken off? Yeah, so, you know, we're a bit behind where the US is at and the UK is at here in Australia, certainly where the US is at, which are really the leaders from an insurance technology perspective. But um, absolutely, that's a huge area of focus for many young innovative companies moving forwards. And, and again, it relates back to how we now live our lives. So the gig economy didn't exist, you know, how many of years ago uh, that, that all came to fruition. Um, but since it has existed, it means that the types of things around those kinds of roles in society, including insurance, need to be different and we need to be more targeted. So there's lots of discussion at the moment around things like uh, creating products that are relevant to our lives today, that are super flexible, which insurance has traditionally not been to any degree, um, that could be things like subscription models, um, which also is another big play um, that relates to how we live our lives today. Um, so I think that moving forwards, there are certainly a lot of companies working in this space. And again, the way that we will simply take our insurance to protect ourselves in the future, to protect our jobs, to protect our homes, cars, etc., is going to look very different in, in the not too distant future. Somebody you saw, um, I guess, areas that could be innovated in the insurance space what was it that made you more interested in joining in, in I guess, um, creating an industry body and influencing an in industry as a whole rather than creating a startup and working on one specific problem? I'm not very good at coming up with the ideas, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not creative enough. You know, I often look <laughs> at founders and think, gosh, how did you 
actually get to the point where you came up with that idea. I really see myself as more of a facilitator for these these things mm-hmm. to happen and create an environment whereby these amazing creative founders and people can um, achieve the best that they can possibly achieve. So really what we created was actually a community. It, was, it It's not a tech organisation that we run. It's absolutely a community and an ecosystem. And so going back to your question as to why I decided to, to help co-found that organisation, we really saw a need in Australia uh, in 2017 when we were founded um, to help ensure tech to grow as an industry. So at that time we had a small handful of, of startups that called themselves InsureTechs. Again, it was a very, very new industry here in Australia, um, whilst it was quite a bit more established in, in the US as an example. Um, insurance and financial services is quite a big slice of the market here in Australia. So we really saw an opportunity to help um, push forwards the innovation agenda for insurance as a whole um, and to work with both insurance incumbents and to work with uh, insurtech startups and scale-ups, but also to encourage more startups and more innovation to be developed relevant to insurance here in Australia. So, you know, having worked Prior to that in fintech, fintech was absolutely a buzzword at that point in time and everyone wanted to to found a fintech company because it it was the cool thing to do. Insurance and insurance tech, not quite as cool. Um, And so we wanted to really uh, highlight and shine a light on the fact that there are huge opportunities that were and there certainly still are huge opportunities um, to innovate in insurance and part of that meant creating uh, a community and an ecosystem that could leverage off each other that could work together that could learn from each other and provide opportunities for the companies within that ecosystem fantastic it just goes to show you know how um you know we've we've, we've become so tech technically focused and you know we're all working online here and everything's moved online but it really does uh, we, we really still depend on that community to foster environments of creativity and um to work together to to come up with new ideas and encourage each other and create a buzz um we saw as well that one of your um, missions was to cre- create more diversity in the insure tech space um how have you been working towards i guess you know you, you mentioned that your role in all of this is as an influencer how do you um use your influence to to foster more of an environment of diversity? Yeah, look, I think the simple fact of having a female CEO does help to some degree because it does um, create an environment which is more open to other female founders to certainly reach out to me and and I'm always um, really keen to speak with many more female founders. Um, you know, we run a lot of events and for all of our events, we make sure we have a focus on on shining a light on the females in, in our industry, in our ecosystem. And we have many great ones. We have some amazing female founders in, in our ecosystem. And equally, we have many females working in the insurance corporate sector that are actually doing a lot to help push forwards the innovation agenda more broadly. So they're certainly out there um, and it's about making sure that we provide equal opportunities for them to um, highlight what they are doing uh, in the insure tech space. Traditionally, insurance and technology have always, you know, the two industries that are quite male dominated. So bringing insurance and technology together um, 
you know, you would not, you would not guess that you would find many females in the space. But I think we're lucky to to have you know at, at least our fair share. I'd love to see many more. Um, but I think it's about making sure that we provide a framework and support that makes it comfortable for for females to work in this space and to reach out to other males and females uh, for support when they need it. Um, yeah, but just create create an equally comfortable environment for both females and males. Great. And do you have any, um, I guess, goals around diversity beyond just um, like traditional gender roles? Like, so more thinking about like um, people of color or I guess making sure that, um, you know, uh, LGBT people feel comfortable in the space and, and things like that. Well, I, th I think that goes for, for everyone. We want everyone to feel comfortable in this ecosystem and community. You know, as I said, what we're building is a community and we're not building a community simply for white males to operate within. We're building a community for everyone and anyone, um, including young people, including old people. And, you know, in fact, there's often a misconception that, that startups and particularly tech startups have to be founded by a 22-year-old. Um, but, you know, really the average age of, of financial services founders in Australia and, in fact, globally is in their 40s. Um, so, you know, we really encourage anyone to be a part of this community. It, it absolutely doesn't matter what background you're from. Um, or, or you, how you identify yourself so um, you know 100% yeah it's it, we it's definitely something that we're really passionate about as well is that 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 mix of um, backgrounds life experience like you know um, that fosters creativity that fosters a good working environment so yeah completely agree with you there yeah, I suppose that's what our podcast is all about, gaining insights from the interviews on how people have done things differently and it might be a, like quite a unique um, success story because like everyone has their own uh, path and journey. So what would you say is important to you in your own unique leadership style um, and how do you think other leaders could, could learn from that? Um. So I think that being open to speaking with many, many different people and, and you know, as I said, I've, I've brought things away from all my previous roles, which um, has helped me perhaps be a better um, communicator, but to build relationships uh, more effectively as well with many different people. And I've come across, you know, many walks of life in, in my previous roles. And I think that has certainly helped. Um, but, you know, I spend time um, mentoring uh, I spend time speaking with uh, potential founders before they've even really established their ideas. Um, and, you know, I think that that communication piece and being able to find something in common with, with many, many different people is a skill that traditionally actually I find generally females are better at. Um, and I think that's where we can really leverage um you know, if I think about female leaders specifically, we can leverage um, those types of, of capabilities in the future more so um, than we have done traditionally. Uh, you know, if I think about the way our world will look in the not too distant future, many roles will be automated, um, jobs will be automated, many tasks within organisations will be automated and there's so much research about the fact that the types of skills that are going to be really important to for future jobs are, are all around the soft, what we traditionally have called the soft skills, but, you know, I, I don't think they're so soft. Um, they're around uh, building relationships and being able to communicate with people of 
many different backgrounds um, and, and listening to others and just finding things in common with people to, to help build um, better businesses, better communities that, that are, you know, much more diverse as we talked about just then. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy that emotional intelligence is becoming more important because I feel like that's such a good skill that a, a lot of leaders maybe lack because they've maybe got the the drive and um, the sort of the, the harder business skills. But I think having having both of those combined is, is really important. Mm. Yeah, it all, it all comes back to building a team of, of different people so that you're filling all those skills gaps, you know. So if you've got hard skills covered somewhere else and like you say that might be moving to technology in the future somebody mm -hmm. else is there to pick up the being a great communicator with the team bringing the team together you know all, all that kind of thing yeah, mm. yeah and it's, it's actually one of the keys of innovation is not having a whole bunch of people that think in the same way and have the same um backgrounds and have have, have the same sort of level of learning or the same expertise you, you must have people from all sorts of different backgrounds and with with all sorts of different expertise and and different ways of thinking and competing ideas as well and that's often where you come up with sometimes you know the best um what we refer to as innovation or or, or the best ideas absolutely um so i guess we are facing an unprecedented and and quite scary change at the moment in Australia and, and across the world. Um, as a CEO, I'm sure you feel very responsible for your staff, your employees and, and how they're sort of um, coping throughout this time. But then as an, as a, um, an industry body, I'm sure your that sort of sense of responsibility or sense of care extends to the members as well. I'm just wondering, like, how have you been coping and dealing with, with making sure that everybody in your network feels safe or safe to some degree um, throughout this time? Yeah, look, we have really upped our communication levels, I would say, throughout this period and, and whether it's jumping on the phone or regularly being on our, our founder WhatsApp group or, you know, sending communications more than we otherwise would, um, just being more visible and more present um, in digital channels where we can't be present um, face to face for our community and and for our ecosystem, um, completely converting all of the things that we would usually do face to face, like the many events that we run, um, into digital formats. So we're still again present in in the community in our own ecosystem. Um, so we've had a really big focus on that. You know, when when we first uh, I guess shut down back in March, uh, we made sure that we reached out to every single one. Of our members and partners and, and spoke with them at that point um, and, and just really touch base and make sure that those lines of communication were really open um, because you're 100% right being a member-based body we really feel that we have a duty to make sure that this industry continues to operate and continues to thrive throughout all the hardships that that many are going through right now um, and it's not an easy ride for all of the companies uh, that, that we work with. Um, but hopefully, you know, creating that support network um, actually helps some of those organisations to get through this. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure like what, you know, you mentioned earlier, what part of what you do is, is um, encouraging communications between the members themselves. I'm sure just having that, um, you know, knowing other people in my industry who are going through the same thing 
actually helps a great deal as well um not just relying on support from from yourselves i guess you know having that that sense of community really really does um help in, in a time like this doesn't it yeah it really does and, and we've always had for our ecosystem we've always had a um a give first and a give back kind of mentality so it's you know traditionally we we have a very very tiny team and and we've been lucky enough to have great people around us that volunteer their time to help out we have some very senior people from industry that volunteer their time to help out or sit on our board or our advisory committee so we are very lucky in that sense um but building you know from the ground up building that mentality of of giving back or, or giving to the community has meant that now in, in in this period you know we can call on people when we need to but what we also find is you know for example in our founders whatsapp group many of the founders that are really helping each other or, or when someone needs something they're happy to reach out um, and ask for it and, and you know there there is always a response or there's always someone that can help in our ecosystem because at the end of the day i, I can't help necessarily everyone with every problem that they have or every connection that they might need or, or whatever it might be but we have so many great people within the ecosystem that we've built that that certainly can help yeah it's something that here at keypay we we one of our one of my favorite um company or employee values in our handbook is we're people before profits company and um i've seen that in practice over and over again when i've been at the company and it's it's a really important value to me and we've seen that like um come to fruition during this time as well where we're thinking less about uh you know, how can we be profitable? How can we uh, capitalize and more about how can we do our part to help the community and make sure that um, the businesses that use KeyPay and the partners that use KeyPay survive. So yeah, we're very much aligned with uh, with your your views on that. Awesome. Um, so I think that's come to the end of our questions. So now we just have some um, quick fire questions to to finish up. And um, before we go into the quick fire, Rita, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find out more about InsureTech Australia or um, get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So we have a website. You can find out more detail about InsureTech Australia um, via our website, www.insuretechaustralia.com.au. Um, or please feel free to reach out via LinkedIn directly to myself. Um, you know, as I said, I'm always happy to have a conversation with aspiring uh, founders or, uh, you know, any, any individuals really. What impact do you see technology having on the finance industry in the next five years? I think that technology has already had a major impact on the finance industry globally. So, um, you know, I don't know the last time that you used cash, for example, but I actually can't remember the last time that I used cash or for that matter, walked into, you know, a bank. Um, everything that I do now in terms of a, a payments perspective is using technology realistically. Um, I don't even use cards anymore. I just use my phone or my my smartwatch. Um, 
So I think, you know, if we take a look forwards in five years' time, obviously um, there are thousands of companies globally working on financial services, technology solutions. So that is simply going to be um, felt to an even greater degree. Um, insurance, specifically from my perspective as part of financial services, is a little bit behind where banking is at. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing much more um, technology solutions being implemented in insurance um, to the point where, you know, we as individuals and consumers can have a much greater degree of understanding of our insurance coverage, the ability to change it when we need it, um, and certainly not need to... Uh, uh, speak to anyone over the phone, but but we'll be able to manage our own services um, all digitally. Um, what's the key tech tool that you use? And I know you probably use tons, but what's your favourite tech tool that you use to get your job done? Yeah, we do. We do use a few, and and we have used a few that we no longer use as well. <laughs> um, I think you know, for our little team, we love using Trello and Trello boards, um, and find that that's something that we can continually update on a daily basis and continually come back to, and all of the information that we need is there. Um, super easy to use, obviously, as well, and and particularly at this time when. Um, our team is remote. It's a really good way to, to check in with each other. Um, I think I did mention previously as well, from the perspective of our community and our founders, we've found using WhatsApp is a really, really easy way to, to keep different groups of people connected as well. So from the community perspective, that's probably the most effective tool that we've been using. Awesome. We love Trello. And the last question is, what is your one piece of advice for aspiring female CEOs? If I had one piece of advice, uh, it would probably be uh, that leaving your comfort zone is is really important throughout your career at various points. Um, so, so staying in your comfort zone is fine for some, but I think to really push yourself to the limits and to expand your knowledge and your networks, I think leaving your comfort zone, which is something I've done on, on a number of occasions myself, having moved from different industries into industries that I knew very little about, um, has really helped me, I guess, push myself at various times and and I think that then leads on to a level of confidence where you know you can work in an environment where you know you don't know everything but you will find out the answers or you'll find the people that do know that can help you um, to get to that next level. I think that's that's great advice. Do you think that um, you've adopted that more from being in the innovation space because I think that's what innovation is all about right it's like not being stagnant and yeah, sort of jumping into to new things? I think definitely, 100% working in the innovation space, you actually feel very comfortable being out of your comfort zone after a while. It becomes um, business as usual. And in fact, if I ever am in my comfort zone, I feel like there's something wrong. Like, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> I shouldn't be in this space. And, you know, whilst it's good sometimes, I think, you know, for me, I've always found that that you know, if I am in a comfort zone, I'm going to get bored pretty quickly. And so what's that that next thing? Or how can I next push myself or do something different or um, meet new people or work in a different space? And traditionally, sometimes it's actually for me, um, 
also been about uh, finding voluntary roles as well as, you know, if, I, if I'm in a work environment where I am a little bit in my comfort zone, perhaps, um, it's not necessary. it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, quitting your job and finding something completely different. It can be expanding your knowledge or your your um, contacts or your resources in in other ways you know whether that's through education or volunteering or um, you know joining groups or going to meetups whatever it might be there's lots of ways to do it awesome I think yeah even that advice alone sort of uh, it reflects on your entire career really been working with people and uh, trying new things and it's been all about partnerships and working with communities so yeah I think that's that's awesome advice it's obviously got you really far um so yeah thank you so much Rita for coming on to the podcast and sharing your knowledge it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you a bit more and yeah hearing about your your story so thank you for for sharing hopefully we can see you in person next time <laughs> oh it's been lovely to speak to you both as well and thank you for having me Thanks Thank you so much. This is Neve and this is Kate. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, why don't you share it with a friend? And if you really liked it, subscribe and give us a rating. If you want to find out more about Kipe, go to kipe.com. See, See you next time. time.